want to welcome you all to the firehouse this morning. Before we get started, I have had a small bone to pick with a few of you. Some of you, I was looking around the, the audience this morning here, and I noticed that some of you haven't come to church to the firehouse. It's been like, I haven't seen you since like last year sometime. And so, uh, but I'm glad you decided to come, come this year. So, anyways, just joking. I had to fit that in somewhere along the way. Probably try to fit it in more than once, so be ready. <laughs> but, anyways, we'll go ahead and pray. And we're going to do a, just going to look at a few things this morning. I'm going to have some of you share thoughts from Faith Walkers, the things that you learned that you felt like God taught you. We'll have a mic up here, so, um, you know, if you've got something on your heart you think would encourage others that kind of like you've been encouraged, then uh, we'll pass it on. And then we're just going to look at a few, few ways we can grow in this new year here. So, um, we'll pray. And, uh, yeah, we've got a, a a uh, handout for you. It's not a handout, really. It's a piece of paper, blank, blank sheet of paper here. So, um, and a pen, and just maybe jot a few things down as we look into this new year. So, um, anyways, let's pray, and we'll get started. Ah, well, Heavenly Father, we do uh, we do look to you this morning. We ask that you would uh, just give us your blessing on this time. I pray that you would give us teachable, sensitive hearts. Help us to be humble. Help us to hear from you, Lord, um, regardless of how our Christmas break went here and stuff, Lord, whether we were in state, out of state, I pray that you would speak to us this, this morning, um, and I pray that we catch, catch what you have for us. I pray you would help us even to, as we share with people what we've been learning, Lord, help people to articulate what you've been teaching them, and, and help us to apply a, a lot of the lessons we came away with from faith walkers and stuff, Lord, and um, we look to you, we ask for your blessing, we just acknowledge without your help. Uh, our time together would not be worth it, Lord. So we just ask you, you would help. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, let's see here. I'm going to get a mic, but I'm just going to ask a few of you if you're, uh, if you have something that, that you feel like would encourage others. I, I know during our tie-down time, the tie-down times of faith walkers are always uh, encouraging just to hear what God is teaching people. But um, if you have something you would like to share this morning, if you'd come on up. And we've got a mic here. And... I'll be like the MC. We'll make sure we've got people coming up here and make sure it's not too much. Jacob, I know there's a few of you out there, so. All right. Hello. Hello. Why don't you guys give Jacob a warm welcome to uh, Can you guys hear me? I don't know. Mike. But, um. Keep it by your chin. So, uh. One of the things, uh, one of the main messages was, um, uh, I forgot his name. Maybe it was John Meyer. But uh, he talked about, um, one guy was talking about how for a long time he was really content to see himself as like a worker for God and really just have this master-servant relationship. And I really related with that because I was like, well, yeah, he's my God. It's easy for me to, to want someone who's above me and who's everything. And it's easy for me to follow someone like that. Um, but he, he talked about just how how easy it was to burn out that way. Um, and that he, you know, he found out that, you know, God wants to be more than just, like, our master. Um, he, he wants us more... Uh, he wants us to be more than just at his beck and call. Like he's our friend. Um, you know, forgot the bride and groom thing, but you know we made that analogy, and I was like, wow, that's a lot more personal, and intimate than that really um, 
taken or taken my relationship with God to be in a long time and I realized that I mean for the past four months like I've been getting really burnt out doing exactly what I thought God wanted me to do um, and you know he said you know as soon as you really see God as this personal personable kind of guy and you know, he's not just asking you to do something he wants to run with you and he wants to refresh you and vitalize you I was like oh that's so great because I mean I realized at the end of uh, at the end of the year I felt a lot more like a workhorse with too much on my back. And it was just really difficult. And it was just really encouraging to know that, okay, well, God wants me to, like, go to him, you know, more than just saying, okay, boss, what do you want me to do here? I'm freaking out, but I'll do it. Um, He wants me to say, God, you know, you know how I feel. Like, this is how I feel. Um, Please help me. You know, um, you know what I'm going through because you're a person as well, more than just this big abstract bossy kind of god or whatever. So I thought I thought that was really good. I related with it exactly. So oh, yeah, excellent. Please welcome Sarah. Um, I just have a quick thought from John's talk. Um, it's like the second teaching of the whole conference and about the first thing he said and then God continued to pound it home but God just really changed my mind right away when John said um, your Christian life will be or is a burden until you give 100% and I've always not consciously thought it but I always just kind of thought my Christian life will be a burden when I give 100% when I give 100% (laughs) so I've kind of avoided giving 100% but I feel like God was like it will be a burden until you do and then John went on to talk about loving others and what that'll look like. And so my goal for this year is just to love others 100%. I feel like God, I've been giving God 99%, 98% on my best days. And then I think that last 1% to 2% will be the hardest part. But I think God is asking me for that. And hopefully you'll see that in your life. So. Welcome, Zach. Um, just like a quick snapshot into my life um, for a long time I've started my day with a quiet time sitting down and reading God's word and um, I'm really convinced that God's word is true that it applies to my life and that it applies to everyone else's life and um, that's been a refuge to me it's been guidance and correction for me and um uh, there's a verse that really describes that Proverbs 30 verse 5 every word of the God of God is flawless he's a shield to those who take refuge in him that's been my relationship with God and my relationship with this book it's my refuge it's my safety and my guidance and um, something that I recognized at Faith Walkers was um, it's not enough for me to be secure in my faith and because there's going to be a lot of people who will ask me questions questions about morality and about you know life decisions and about you know, like how to choose a mate how to you know go about certain things and if I'm asked I need to have an answer and I need to have a, a valid answer I need to be a man of integrity who can answer um, based on facts based on experience and so um, I found it's not enough for me to just be comfortable and rest in God's instruction for me. I got to find out those answers, things that I have questions about. I need to find those out. I'm not 
for me, I'm secure. But other people have questions. I need to be answering those with integrity. Uh, so I just decided that I was going to pay attention to the things I don't understand and find the answer out. And another thing that I noticed was, um, I guess I've had a kind of a fear of, um, well, first, I'm, I'm committed to this church and to this movement, and it's really exciting to me to see what's going on and, and to be involved in that and uh, maybe even to lead some of it. Um, but there's been like a fear that I don't really want to be a leader. I don't want to have that pride. I don't want to have... Um, I, I like the responsibility, but I don't want... There's something about it I was afraid of. And there was a just a little phrase that was shared. Um, it was basically like a servant gets to choose when they want to do something for someone else and what they want to do. But someone who's being used really doesn't have any rights. They don't have any um, say in, ah, now's not a good time because I'm being used. I'm being taken advantage of. And that, like, relieved me that there's no pride in that. And that's that's good. And, and it just reminded me of um, just what Jesus said about a leader. Um, the disciples were arguing. They said... They were arguing about who was the greatest. And in Mark 9... Verse 36, uh, verse 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be very last and servant of all. Um, so that, that's a lot more comfortable for me. That I can be used. I can be a tool. Um, and there's, there's no pride in that, and that's comfortable for me. So that's, that's what I got out of that. Welcome, Alan. Welcome, and thanks, Zach. I guess I kind of knew that Rich was going to ask us to share this morning, and, you know, yesterday I felt like God would have me come up, and as some of you guys know, I'm terrified of public speaking, but just because of my lack of faith and fear, I started writing notes last night, and this morning they, I accidentally dropped them in the toilet, so I figured that was God's way of saying, hey, you don't have to come up here, which I was okay with, but then Jacob was just talking about, I guess, his relationship with God and how he just relates to it differently now, and that's one of the big, huge things that God just taught me is I did see more like a God that uses me, I guess, and it is more relational, and it's throughout the whole, I guess, faith walkers, you know, just God just told me, or showed me how intimately he loves me, you know, one of the things that I got out of it was, you know, David says that the love of uh, Jonathan is more, is more awesome than the love of a woman, I don't really know how all that goes, but, you know, I don't really know how that feels, but I imagine it's pretty awesome, you know, arguing with Morgan about, she wanted to, she wanted to ask God that she could, uh, if she would be allowed to keep Rich's wedding ring or her wedding wedding ring on her finger when she gets to heaven and I was arguing against her for that you know how can you love somebody that much you know and it was really encouraging and just reminds me how much God God loves me and how he wants to have a relationship with us and God is awesome I guess that's what I got I would have been a lot lot more but thanks That's good. All right. Well, thank you guys for sharing.
We're looking into the doctrine of somehow getting a wedding ring into heaven. I don't know how it's going to happen, but uh, um, anyways, it was a great conference. And if you haven't heard yet, if you weren't able to be there, all the teachings are online. Uh, I forget where they're located, but you can just Google Faith Walkers teachings and faithwalkers.net. There you go, and uh, you should find them all there. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to be there, you can still catch all the teachings and. Um, so uh, today uh, we're going to talk about a few things. Some of them will re- relate to some of what I felt like God was teaching me at Faith Walkers. And then um, some of them are just to look into this new year here. But if you would write the title, if we had one, would be um, right at the top of your page. is basically three ways to get new growth with God in 2009. Three ways to get new growth with God in 2009. Um, I like one of the guys. The fun thing about faith walkers is you hear, uh, you know, I don't know how many, 10 to 20 teachings, and they start to blend at who said what and uh, what session it was in. And, you know, you can be convinced it was the first teaching and someone else spoke it as the 10th teaching by some other person. And, you know, it doesn't really matter, and, and none of the guys that taught are going to sue any of us for misquoting them. If they had something, they, they most likely got it from somewhere else as well. The guy, you know, it's God's truth that he can kind of... Uh, have it quoted from whoever he wants so you probably hear a lot of misquotes along the way here but that's alright um, I think one of the things I'm going to start with a misquote here I'm sure from uh, Doug Brown was one of the guys that spoke he, he talked about spiritual growth and he talked about that we should all be growing constantly in our lives and, and one quote that I came away with and I, I'll just say up front it's probably a paraphrase at best um, but it was the idea that he says if you can't look back on the last six months of your life and find significant spiritual growth, you need to check yourself if, if you're still alive. Like if you're not growing, if you're not changing in your character, something's not right. We're designed to grow continually. And if we get stagnant, if we get stale in our, our spiritual growth, that's, you know, that's a problem. We should be growing continually, constantly. God is always has things he wants us to grow in and um, so I just we're going to talk about new growth and you can check your life maybe you've been changing every day or just new you know metamorphosizing butterfly type person but maybe you haven't seen growth in the last couple weeks couple months maybe not even the last couple years God wants to grow you and so we're just going to look at three ways to find new growth with God in 2009 so um, one of the first things just to think about as you look through growth is, um, you know, just like in, in our physical lives, there's, we're designed to grow. Something healthy, a uh, healthy child grows. They're designed to grow. If someone is not growing, there's usually uh, a problem. Something is hindering that growth, whether it's biologically, whether it's genetically, whatever it is, there's usually a cause that's preventing growth because growth is natural and, and good. But in our spiritual lives, a couple things we need to watch out for is, is one is pride. We have pride. You know, I, I know that already. I heard that before. I'm, you know, you're not sharing anything new with me. Sometimes pride gets in the way of our growth. Um, sometimes that, an unteachable heart. We might not grow because we're just not teachable. I want to hear it from God and I don't want to hear it from anyone else. And um, we just can get unteachable and that could stagnate our growth. Another thing that would prevent growth in our lives is idols. Maybe we have something that comes before our relationship with God. Maybe it's some relationship. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's uh, something worldly. Just something that comes before God. That's going to cause us to uh, be stagnant in our growth as well. And so God wants us to be growing. 
first we've just got to watch out for things that might stunt that. As far as three ways that we're going to, to look to new growth, the first one is just simply this. It's, it has to do with knowing God. You know, um, I think one of the ways we want to grow is just how we know God. I think that's one of the things I came away with. It's kind of like Alan hit on it and Jacob and a number of us, but um, there was a teaching by Rob Gerber that just talked about a relationship with God, and he just talked about you know, initially you relate to God as your Savior when you get saved and you find forgiveness through your faith in Christ. And then he talks about relating to God as your Lord and your Master, the Master-Slave relationship. And then there's as a father and as a friend and as a lover. And, and he said just for a number of years the way he related to God primarily was the, the Master-Slave relationship. God says, do it. I say, yes, sir. And, you know, he says, jump. I say, how high? And it's just always in relating as a master and a slave. And um, Which is fine. God is our master, and that's completely and totally true. But if that's the only way you relate to God, it, it's going to impact, you know, how your relationship. If you only see yourself as a slave with your master, there's only so close you can get. Eventually, you'll run out of motivation for serving your master. Um, you probably relate to other people in a slave-master sort of way and telling them what to do and if they obey or not. And um, But he just talked about God really just showed him how to break through that. There's other ways that God also wants to relate to us as a father, as a friend, as a lover. And each one of those has different facets um, that are true of God all the time, just as he is Lord all the time. But... Um, so for me, I, I just felt like he shed some light on some things in, in my own life. And I want a verse, you know, you might write down here as it relates to growing uh, and knowing God. It's, it's one of my favorites, maybe somewhat of a life verse, but it's Hosea 6.3. <clears throat> it says this, Hosea 6.3. I'll read it from the NIV. Um, and it says, uh, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. And the New American says it like this. It says, let us know the Lord. Let us press on to know the Lord. And I think one of the ways God wants to grow each one of us is just in how we know Him and which ways we know Him. Based on your favorite way of relating to God, it's going to play out in your life. You know, if you relate to God in the master-slave relationship, it's always going to be like, okay, I'm just doing business for God. It can get tiring. You know, I can sometimes lack motivation because it's just this authority-based thing. But maybe your favorite way of relating to God is a friend. God's just my best friend, and I can tell God everything. God always accepts me, never judges me. As a matter of fact, He doesn't ever tell me to do anything because He's just my friend. And a friend wouldn't tell me to do something I don't want to do, right? You know, and, and there's different ways we can relate to God that um, we can get out of balance. And I just encourage you to look at your own life and see where, where you can grow. You know, I think with the Father, there's a loving relationship we have that, that we obey our Father, um, not just because we have to, because we're slaves, but we obey our Father because it could please Him. And He delights in us, and we want to delight Him in how we, you know, live. And there's a, a, a loving relationship there. I think of a friend, there's a closeness, a companionship that you can have with a friend that they do accept you and they spend time with you and things like that. Um, I think of a lover. Um, there's things in a lover that, um, that are unique to that relationship is that there's a, an intimacy that you have with a lover that you do not have with a friend or a father or even a master. There's a vulnerability that, a, that lovers have with one another, uh, uh, humility and a... Uh, just uh, knowing someone there's an intimacy and I think all of us could probably grow in our intimacy with God um, 
at a, a marriage conference we've been to before, uh, I like to just kind of define the intimacy as, it kind of broke it down into a few words, but it, it, it just said, intimacy is a lot like um, in your relationship with God, you might say, into me see, into me see God, see what's on my heart, see my feelings, see everything. And, and you share that intimacy with God that you share with no one else, you know. Um, and, and I think there's ways we can all grow, and, and I hope you're looking to that. I think with me, um, the whole thing about with God, Rob Gerber, when he talked, he talked about doing a lot of things for God. You do things for your master. But he said, you know, there's really a place where we need to experience life with God. And, and that really just struck me. I was just... Um, hit pretty hard. I feel like I try to do a lot of things for God. My prayers are for God. But He wants to do things with us in a, in a relational sort of way. I think of um, just recently for Christmas here, we were during the break, we um, were playing the, the Wii system. Any of you know the Wii? Is that Nintendo Wii? Is that right? Whatever. So there's some fun games on there. But So my kids were playing and they're trying to figure it out. You know, bowling and golf. And first time they tried it, Rory picked up on how to do them pretty well. But uh, my daughter Graham she was not getting the hang of it, and um, the guys that were running the box were um, some of my brother-in-laws, but they were looking to play and do some serious golf and serious bowling, and, and Graham was not up to the standard there, so that she kind of didn't fit in with that crew, and she didn't get to play, but um, later on, I got to play with the kids and, uh, and do that, and we were golfing, and, and Graham had a bad experience, and she didn't want to play, and I told her, here, I'll help you, I'll teach you how to do this, and so... She got the golf club and she was practicing her swings and, you know, um, it was just it was kind of fun. We did it together. I was playing with, with Graham and she, uh, she took the club and I had her stand, you know, right down in front of me here and told her to put her feet, you know, right next to my feet and I held my arms around her and we just golfed and she had some amazing swings and I think she even got par a few times on the course there. And, uh, but there was this whole thing about there's different ways we can go about it. You know, we can have... Um, I could have done it for her. I could have said, Graham, here's your character, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do it for you. Oh, you did great again. Oh, you did. Yeah, look at your score. You're doing awesome. But that's not what God wants. He doesn't want to do everything for us. Or, um, or he could, you know, I could just say, Graham, just do it, and I'll just cheer you on regardless of what happens. There's a, a relationship. God wants to do things with us um, in our lives. And, I, and I, I just was struck by how much God wants to do things with us. And another rela- way of uh, knowing God better... Um, a lot of people talk about God's love and not just knowing about it, head knowledge, but experiencing God's love. And Doug Brown shared this story about he was reading some book on leadership that this gal had written and she was talking about how anytime she sees a ladybug, that a ladybug was kind of to her a sign that God loved her. Just because of its unique design and different things about it. It was the way she saw ladybugs and she was like, that is a way I know that God loves me. And he was telling about how he's had this Rough, rough trip to Asia or something like that and he's coming back and he's getting on the bus and he's all alone and he's kind of a little bit like you know bummed out and wondering where God is and all this and, and he said he sat down he looked up and there was a ladybug on the bus there and he was just like blown away that it was a reminder hey you know I love you in the midst of all this and um, you know I want to encourage each one of you to, to go uh, what's, what's your ladybug in life you know what is something that you see from God that you go, God did that for me. It's a special way of showing love to me. You know, I don't know what that is, but I encourage you to find one. And once you find it and kind of start seeing how God relates to you in that, um, you might keep your eyes out for that. So for me, you know, one of the things I, I like in life is that uh, 
I like finding golf balls. You know, uh, I don't know, whatever reason, as a kid, we used to wander around. My dad would golf, and we'd go straight up golf balls in the bushes and figure out how many fluorescent ones we could find and how many whatevers. But so um, we're wrapping up the conference one of the last days there, and I was just going to take a prayer walk down the golf course. They have a golf course throughout the area. And so I started walking, and I was like, oh, or maybe I find a golf ball as I go. That'd be kind of cool. And uh, I wasn't praying about it, or I wasn't walking in the, the bushes at that time. I did that earlier in the conference. But um, um, so I'm just walking along, and I, I look out on the first green I come to, and I see a bunch of golf balls. And a couple of them are colored, and a couple of them are white. And it looks a little bit like practice balls, you know. And so, if any of you know golf course etiquette, uh, you're not supposed to take the practice balls. You know, they, they belong to the course, and you don't walk off with their practice golf balls because, well, they got to pay for it or something. But so I, I walk up and I kind of like, ah, someone left a whole bunch of practice balls there. And I got closer, and I realized none of them were practice balls. And all of them were just golf balls. I, I think what had happened is... God knew I was coming and he just had an angel dump them on the green for me. No, I don't know. I think what had happened is someone went around and scurried up a bunch of golf balls and they started throwing them towards this green or something. They were scattered all around. So I was praying and walking around and just kicking all these golf balls together. Eventually I had this pile and guess how many golf balls I found? Oh, uh, you were, yeah, I told you this already. <laughs> found 75 golf balls there. 75 and two tennis balls. And, uh, and to me, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm growing and going like, God, I want to relate to you, not just as a slave and master, but as your son who you delight in, you're my father. And he gave me 75 golf balls. This, it was awesome. And, and for me, it was just a reminder. One of the verses that came to mind was um, one from James, uh, James 1.17. And I was trying to go, like, okay, God, I know there's, you know, this delights me. Someone else might like ladybugs. Someone else might like... You know, I don't know what, but um, to me, I, I am encouraged to find a golf ball here or there. Silly, it's dumb, I know, but it um, speaks to me. So the verse that came to mind was James 1, uh, 17 here. I can find it. Hebrews, James, there you are. It says this, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly life. It is not changed like the shifting shadows. And... Um, and to me, I just took it as a gift. I'm like, 75 golf balls, you know, there's probably 2,000 other people in the conference who could have cared less. But to me, I was very excited, and I took it as my father just being kind to me, you know. And, um, and But I encourage you to, to look for something like that in, in your life there, something that your father can speak love to you, you know. And a boss and a slave, there's not a whole lot of love. I guess if a boss gives you a bonus, you can take that as love if you want to, but... Um, your father really enjoys you. He wants to show you how much he loves you, how much he just delights that you're his, that you spend time with him. Um, one of the other verses I thought of after that was because I didn't ask for golf balls. If I said, God, give me some golf balls here to show me you love me, and 75 would have been pretty cool, but I knew they were from the Lord. I also, he reminded me of the verse of Matthew 7:11, but he just says, How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? I didn't even ask and he gave me 75 and I, I think he kind of prompted me with imagine what happens if you start asking me for good gifts from your father um, but I encourage you to grow in knowing God and uh, some ways some practical ways that we can do that are um, you know just by uh, some, some things like the time you spend with God you want to get to know God better well time is one of the mediums through which we do that are you spending quality time with God or do you spend more time 
with something else, someone else. You spend more time surfing. You spend more time with something else you love more than God. I encourage you to think about this year, the time you spend with God and the time you spend in the Word, getting to know God and the time you spend in prayer. And all of that just as a means to know God better. Uh, One of the guys that was talking about knowing God, he just said, hey, you want to get to know God? Get with Him in the morning. Start meeting with Him in the morning and meet throughout the, you know, connect with Him throughout the day. But that's, I just encourage you to look at your life and go, how can I grow in knowing God? Maybe it's getting up earlier. Maybe it's uh, connecting with God throughout the day. Maybe it's figuring out something between you and God that speaks love. Maybe it's memorizing more verses to know Him better. These all kind of fall in that category of new growth through knowing God. The next area, um, one of the verses I, I think about that transitions us to this next one here is uh, Psalm 9.10. It says this, Psalm 9.10. But it says, Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name will trust in you. As you get to know God, uh, you'll begin to trust Him more. I think one of the ways we, we're going to grow this new year is as we trust God. God wants you to trust Him for something this year. And all of these you can think about personally, but also as a church. But, um, so what, what are some things that you think God might have you trust Him with this year? Maybe you trusted Him to get to Faith Walkers. Maybe you trusted Him to finish your semester last semester. Maybe you trusted Him, you know, to keep your job. I don't know, but this year if you're going to grow, one of the ways you're going to do it is through faith, through trusting God. We had a, at the end of the year, we had a Christmas party this last year with uh, all the pastors that were, have been planted from churches that have come out of the church in Fort Collins. Uh, whether there's the Firehouse here, there's Loveland, there's Greeley, and sometimes the guys from Salt Lake would join us. So we get the pastors and wives together and we just share what God is teaching us. And I just, one of the things John Meyer was sharing about there was just, you can look back over a year and those places where you had faith, those places where you trusted God when you couldn't see how the outcome was going to be, those places, he said, you can look back at the whole year and you can condense it down to those places where you trusted God and those are going to have eternal impact right there where you trusted God. And there's a verse like Galatians 5, 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so, where did you have faith over this last year? And those are places that going to condense it down and it'll have eternal value and eternal significance but our hope is that I don't know how last year went for you in that but that this year you have things you're trusting God for uh, I think of Psalm 5-2 it talks about in the morning oh Lord I present my request to you and then it talks about waiting and expectation and um, you know one of the things we can do is in the morning you present requests and you can wait for them because when you, you ask God for something your father and you're waiting for him to respond but we can do the same at the beginning of the year, just the same in principle. Like at the beginning of the year, we can have requests to God, things that we want to trust Him for, and throughout the year, look for God to answer. And I want you to think about, you know, maybe ask yourself the question, or ask God, God, what do you want me to trust you with this new year? Ask Him for that, that personally. We're going to be asking Him that as a church, in our pastor's meetings and things, and I just encourage you to look over those. You can trust God. He's a... Uh, the more you get to know him, the more you realize he's trustworthy. I think in our own life, um, going into this Faith Walkers, um, I think my wife and I, as we prayed and approached this Faith Walkership, it took, out of all the ones we've been to, I think that's the eighth one we've been to, or however many they've had since they started, um, six, seven, 
whatever it is this one took the most faith out of all of them for us because we're um, expecting to deliver a baby sometime soon here um, we had some of our kids got sick we, when we left you know, we kind of do a multiple leg trip to Faith Walkers just to break it up for the kids but we drive to Omaha which is about 8 hours for us and we drive from Omaha to Pantera and it's about 7 hours and we drive back 7 hours to get to Omaha and then we drive back 8 hours to get you know so it's like this multiple leg journey and in each one of those is a you know a place for faith for us but, so before we left to Omaha on this trip back before Christmas we had a doctor's appointment just to see if the doctor would even let us on the highway just to get out to Omaha and we went to the doctor and the doctor said okay you're good to go you'll be fine you know and uh, so we got on the highway. Probably about 15 minutes later, one of our girls threw up on herself. So we're driving down the highway and we get thrown up going, which we kind of expected a little of that. She had thrown up that night. We took the bucket with us. And so we got the, the bucket. She had put it in the bucket. We clean it out. We keep driving. Um, then a little while later into the same trip, uh, the other daughter is throwing up. So we have a couple people throwing up as we're driving just on the first leg of the trip here, you know. And uh, so we just... We just trusted God with that. Everyone survived. It took them a couple days. You know, we had a record at one point. It was Christmas. The day after Christmas, I think we had a record of one night in a row where no one in our family threw up. You know, it was kind of a PR. And uh, we, we just kept going from there. But we just trusted God along the way. And, um, you know, there was some, we did two seminars while we were there and tried not to have a baby on the whole trip. And But for us, um, you know, it was just... God, we're praying. We we know this is true of you theoretically that you you take care of us, that we can trust you. But we know experientially now uh, more than we ever knew that we can trust Him. I want to let you know you can trust Him with whatever it is that's in your world this year. You can trust Him to take care of that, and He won't let you down. You know. And so, um, as a church, we're going to be thinking through what to trust God with. Last year, we trusted Him with a, a few different things. It was fun to look back and go. What do we trust God with? I, one of the things we trusted God with was bringing on two, um, two new and crazy pastors on board in the church uh, here. And, and God has blessed that on the way. We, we trusted God with sending out some key leaders to Manhattan. And, uh, you know, that God would bless there and God would continue to bless here. And God came through. We, we trusted Him for a mission trip this last year. And He blessed with an awesome mission trip down to Phoenix. Um, we trusted them with house churches this crazy new concept of maybe we should do this and, and God led us into those and he's blessed that and we, we were praying for 12 baptisms on the year it seemed like a small number but it was more than we saw God do the year before and, and he came through with more than 12 baptisms this last year and uh, we did an outreach Christmas concert and God just blessed that but you know we're, we're going to need new faith this year and new things to trust God with I want to get you guys praying to Ask God that question. God, what do you want me to trust you with this year? And praying that on behalf of the church, because we're going to talk about it as, as leaders, and there's some things you might lead us into that you might go, I, I don't know if I want to do that, or I, I, I've got personal faith, but I don't know if I want to trust God for that in the church, taking certain ministries up to you know the next level, or serving in a way someone might ask you to serve as compared to serving in a way that you really want to serve in. Um, but we'll be praying about trusting God. Um, the last thing I'll share, and I'll just make this brief here, is um, so there's grow, new growth with God through knowing Him, through trusting Him, and, and the last one is just through obeying Him. Um, and obeying Him again, you know, it's not just a master-slave relationship. I, I think more about the, the father and the son relationship. Um, 
Uh, the first for this is John, you know, many of you might know it already, John 14, 21, and says this, this Jesus is talking, he says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He loves me and be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And then later on, uh, verse 31, Jesus is speaking again, and he says, um, But the world must learn that I love the Father, and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. And so we have to be careful. Uh, sometimes in the father-son relationship, father-child, um, you know, we... We want to get away from obedience. Obedience is a master slave. I don't want to have to do that. That's you know that's for people who don't know God as a friend or you know. Well, there's there's always going to be an obedience element, but there's a way to do it with your you know to have a relationship with your heavenly Father that relates to doing it because we love Him and want to show Him we love Him. And um, so as we look to obeying God this year, I might just encourage you to think about obeying Him because you love Him, because you want to please Him, not because you have to, not because your Master is going to put the smack down on you if you don't, but because you want to respond to your Father's love with obedience and with uh, working with Him on whatever He wants to grow you in in your life there. And so, you know, obeying God is going to look different to each one of us this year. There might be some things He's put on your heart. I think it was John Meyer that said at, uh, at the Faith Walkers Conference, there were 2,200 people there, 2,200, and he said, really not just one conference here, there's 2,200 individual conferences going on and God is speaking to each person differently and the same can be true this new year. God's got something for new growth, He's got something He wants you to obey Him in and that might look different than the person sitting next to you Um, but I encourage you to ask God, God what do you want me to obey you in this year and I'm sure He will will give you some things and you know that might relate to serving. I know some of the people shared thoughts of like hey, I, I'm going to serve not on my terms or conditions. I'm going to serve in such a way that just I want to be used. If you use me and don't credit me with serving or whatever, who cares? I just want to be used for God. Some, of the, some people shared just wanting to grow and obeying God through sharing the gospel. Maybe, um, maybe God wants you to take steps of sharing the gospel this year um, as, as a form of obedience He has first on your list. Uh, maybe some shared about commitment, you know, either making commitments or uh, giving oneself 100% and then the rest is details, you know. But I want you to, to look through your life and then maybe even ask God, God, what do you want me to obey you in this year? Um, one of the things Brent Knox shared was talking about how we offer our lives as a sacrifice on the altar. and But he said sometimes things hold us back from offering our lives fully. And he used the story of uh, Abraham and his son in Genesis chapter 22. You guys might have a good quiet time out of there when you get a chance. Genesis 22. But he takes the son who he loves. There's this child who's been promised to him to have this uh, blessed inheritance. And God says, you know, God basically said, it said the Lord tested him to see if he loved this son of his, this promise, this promise that God gave him more than he loved God, the giver of the promise, the giver of what he loved. And Abraham went through this test and it got to the point where he put his son on the altar and he started to bring the knife down. And God said, stop, you know, and he had another way about it. But the question that he asked was, is there something in your life that God might want you to take the knife to this year? Is there some area that you go, oh, I just, I could give God anything, but I can't give him this, this relationship or my career or this money situation or whatever it is. Is there something that you are... Uh, in danger of worshiping more than the God who gave it to you. And I, I encourage us all to just look through our lives and go, 
that is just something you want to take tonight. So maybe it's a dream you feel like God has given you that you have the right to fulfill this dream. And maybe he's placed this dream higher than the one who gives dreams, you know. And um, But each one of us could just see what, what might be uh, something God wants us to take tonight to as a way to obey him. But those are just three areas and we're going to talk about these in our house churches this week we're going to uh, have some questions for you that you can talk together with people who will help you keep accountable but we're going to talk about new growth coming through knowing God better and ways we can do that and talk about new growth related to faith and trusting God you know faith walkers comes from the verses or several verses but we live by faith and not by sight you know sometimes you can look at this new year and you can get a plan for the whole new year and just kind of lay everything out and one of the dangers of that is well you can implement a plan without faith and we need to be walking by faith or the other side of the spectrum sometimes we go well I just want to you know do everything by the seat of my pants this year and I'm just walking by faith well you can do everything without planning and, and still lack faith God wants us to have faith this year and uh, we're going to be praying about that and then obeying God personally and as a church we're going to try to catch the heart uh, of what God might have for us to do as a church in this neighborhood and you know there's some things we're going to be praying about related to um, uh, maybe the next church plant that we will be a part of whether that's in Golden whether that's in another country whether that's um, you know we're just going to be praying about things uh, the next mission trip we'll take um, that God might have us to take but Anyways, we're going to be doing this together in our house churches. We're going to be um, doing this together with God here in, in 2009. So let's just pray and, and begin um, in this process of growing and looking where God wants to grow us and working with Him. Heavenly Father, we do, we do just thank You for uh, everything that You gave us this last year, everything that You did with us. Um, Father, I do pray that you would help each one of us grow in getting to know you this year. Help us to, uh, to grow through spending more time with you, the one we love, and to learn what you say about yourself, Lord, through the scriptures. And help us to memorize and write your word on our hearts. God, help us to um, just grow in intimacy with you, being honest with you, being vulnerable, being um, just pure in heart between us and you, Lord God. And, uh, I just pray you'd help us to grow in knowing you. Help us grow in trusting you, Lord, this year. I pray that you help each one of us trust you more this year than we did last year. God, I pray you'd make it real clear to us those things that we need to trust you in, Lord. Maybe maybe we find those based on fears that we have, that you want to replace those fears with, with peaceful trust. But God, I pray that uh, if it's things you want us to obey you in, and we have to trust you just to even begin to obey. God, I just pray you'd open our eyes to what you have for us this year, personally and as a church. We just praise you that you are good, that you love us, that you delight in us as your children. Um, and I just pray you'd help us to walk in step with you this year. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, we'll uh, look forward to catching you guys at house church this week. And then also right back here next week, Brad will be uh, continuing in Acts uh, chapter 6 here. So anyway, thanks for coming this morning.